New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in for today's podcast on Genesis. I'm uh, Ray Moss, uh, if we've not met already. I'm, I'm the old dude on staff, now in my 35th year of ministry. Uh, my wife is Sharon, who's uh, a deaf interpreter for Rutherford County Schools and also one of our lay counselors here at the CARE Ministry. Uh, today, we're going to read from the first part of this chapter 49 in Genesis, then we'll finish up the chapter tomorrow. Uh, but today, we'll look at uh, Genesis 49, 1 through 15. I think I'll just read from the NIV today. It's titled, uh, Jacob's Blesses His Sons. Then Jacob called his sons and said, Gather around so I can tell you what will happen to you in days to come. Assemble and listen, sons of Jacob. Listen to your father Israel. Reuben, you're my firstborn, my might, the first sign of my strength, excelling in honor, excelling in power, turbulent as waters. You will no longer excel, for you went up onto your father's bed, onto my couch, and defiled it. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Their swords are weapons of violence. Let me not enter their council. Let not join. Let me not join their assembly, for they have killed men in their anger and hamstrung oxen as they pleased. Cursed be their anger, so fierce, and their fury so cruel. I will scatter them in Jacob and disperse them in Israel. Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hands will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down to you. You are a lion's cub. Judah, you return from the prey, my son. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down like a lioness who dares to rouse him. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he to whom it belongs shall come and the obedience of the nations shall be his. He will tether his donkey to a vine, his colt to the choicest branch. He will wash his garments in wine, his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes will be darker than wine, his teeth whiter than milk. Zebulun will live by the seashore and become a haven for ships. His border will extend towards Sidon. Issachar is a raw-boned donkey lying down among the sheep pens. When he sees how good is his resting place and how pleasant is his land, he will bend his shoulder to the burden and submit to forced labor. We're going to stop there today. And uh, like I said, most most Bibles will title this, Jacob Blesses His Sons. But this is really not the first time to see kind of a blessing event. Uh, you can walk backwards in Genesis and see in chapter 27 that Isaac blesses Jacob, a great example of, of a of a blessing even used today. Actually, Jacob steals Esau's blessing, which kind of gives us a hint of how important a father's blessing is. Chapter 15, God blesses or covenants with Abraham about his future. Chapter nine, God gives a covenant blessing to Noah about his future. Chapter three, I'm kind of backing up, uh, is God's covenant with a fallen Adam and Eve. Not in, And here again, we see this with Jacob. Not all blessings are positive when we speak truth to someone. And then the very best, uh, very first blessing we see in Scripture comes from God to mankind when he blesses Adam and Eve and really covenants with them. So 
these, this thing has been going back for some time. And, and so you ask, why is that important? It's important because a father's blessing his children really, really comes from the heart of God. That's God's characteristics you know, that he's implanted in us. We're made in his image, his likeness. And so we're going to, we're going to be like him in many, many ways. And so that was something God did from the very beginning. It's, it's why it became a natural response, really, of the nation of Israel, and it extends not only to God blessing Jesus at his baptism, but even today, fathers are blessing their children, and children are yearning for that approval. Uh, I don't know if there's a, a better way to explain a child's need for approval than these four words, hey, Dad, watch this. That's right. Children want and need approval of their parents. You know, countless movies and TV shows will portray this drama as children and young adults struggle to gain acceptance of their parents. Nothing seems stronger than the father and son blessing like we see repeated in Genesis. You know, one of my favorite movies is, uh, is October Sky. Uh, it's Homer Hickman is the character there, a young high school boy. <clears throat> Young high school boy, from the, from the very beginning of the movie, you, you, he cannot seem to capture his father's attention and blessing about his future of being a rocket scientist rather than working the coal mines as his father and his father have in the past. And that's what his dad really wanted for him. It was to be a coal miner. Wonderful little movie that in the end, his father finally comes to that realization. And it's, it's really a tearjerker for me, for sure. But it's powerful. Uh, why is this a common theme? Because it's the heart of God. And ultimately, His blessing and approval in our life gives us the ultimate meaning and purpose. So, so Genesis 27 has served as a model for a blessing, and from that we can find characteristics of a blessing that is used even today in both Jewish and Christian faiths. But reading in chapter 49, Jacob blesses his sons. We see both positive and some negative things, obviously. Uh, in this blessing. There, there are consequences to our behavior and there are limitations to our giftedness. You know, to tell, a, tell your son or daughter that he or she can do anything they want in life is not, not always a wise blessing. There are limitations and Jacob is not afraid to speak those into his sons in addition to the great things that God can and will do through them. So, uh, so today and tomorrow, I want to pull from a number of Genesis passages about blessings and covenants, uh, primarily from here, 49, that we can find a more complete list of really what it looks like, how it's practiced today. Remember, we want to bless our children so they have a better chance of receiving God's blessing. <laughs> Even if you don't have children, we all share a responsibility to speak into the next generation, whether it's a grandchild, a nephew, or a neighbor. So the first thing we're going to talk about is, um, is this thing about a meaningful touch. Uh, Jacob's command was for these young men to gather yourself together. Now, it would have been odd for him not to touch them in some meaningful way, as we see with Isaac. Isaac told Jacob, come close and kiss me. And he uses a Hebrew word that is used to picture kind of an overlapping scales of a crocodile skin. No, that sounds unusual, but really what we'd call a bear hug. It was not just a touch, it was a bear hug. And uh, so how do we know, go back to my movie, how do we know when Homer's dad finally approves of his son? He walks up and puts his arm around Homer for the first time in the movie, says nothing. First thing he does is touches him. 
Uh, there's just power in that touch that says, I approve. It's a great, great moment in the movie. Um, you know, God bless Jesus at his baptism that uh, we're all familiar with. And really, he even touched him. You think about, you know, it's like God said, this is my son whom well pleased, but he touched him. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. What a beautiful picture, like God blessing his own son. Countless times we see where people desire just to touch Jesus, and, and he touched them. It was a big part of his ministry as well. You know, uh, touching really has a lot of symbolism involved in it. Uh, you know, a priest would place his hands on the head of a goat that was sent into the wilderness. It really symbolizes the transferring of the sins of Israel onto the animal. Uh, that was done by touching. One prophet would pass along his role as God's man to another by laying on of hands. Um, we practice that somewhat even today in the church. Two people shaking hands can seal really an important transaction, a business transaction maybe. Uh, we join hands and repeat our wedding vows. So all, you know, the touching of hands and on one another has a lot of symbolism involved. Um, it also affects us physically, to be honest. It's well known that, that the hemoglobin levels in people go up during the act of laying on of hands, raising the level of oxygen in blood flow, which can aid in healing. Um, I know most of you, uh, not my age, but I remember in the 80s when uh, a lot of Russian, they were kind of finding a lot of orphanages that had been... Uh, been really off to that side. Nobody really knew what was going on. These children were coming out of these orphanages and they had a lot of emotional problems. And one of the things that they found that these orphanages never or rarely picked up and held uh, these children and how emotionally unstable these children became. It took a lot for them to get through that. Some never did. It was just simply that they were never touched and held uh, as children. I love the story. Uh, Marilyn Monroe uh, was asked one time if she ever felt love from her foster parents. She was evidently in a lot of foster homes. She said once, one time, and she said it with, with tears in her eyes. She said, when I was about seven or eight, the woman I was living with was putting on her makeup and I was watching her. She was in a real good mood, happy mood. So she reached over and patted my cheeks with her rouge puff. And Marilyn said this, for that moment, I felt loved by her. You know, we, uh, we grew up in a family that understands uh, the power of touch and how touch shows approval, then it's, it's really more natural. And I, I did, I, I'm fortunate. I, I had parents that hugged me and loved me, kissed me. And, um, but I hear people say, we just not that kind of people. We come from a family that we're not huggers. Uh, once we understand that a meaningful touch is part of showing love and approval, then, you know, I, I think we have to push through that old family tradition of, well, we're just not huggers. And take on what God himself has consistently shown us what it means to bless another. And that is a meaningful touch. So uh, we're going to stop there. Tomorrow we'll look at some other characteristics we get from uh, Genesis 49 about the blessing. And we'll continue reading uh, 15 through 33. Hey, thanks for listening today. Go find somebody and give them a big hug. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.